It's time for your daily dose of all things Chicago sports. This is the Daily Score. Now, here's your host, Mark Grody. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It is game week, Bears and Packers on Sunday at 325 at Soldier Field. So I am pumped up and I'm also ready to right now, right this very instant, declare this as an absolute must win for the Bears. And I think you know what I'm talking about here. The Bears cannot lose to Jordan Love after decades, literally, of Hall of Fame torture coming at the Bears via the Packers, whether Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers. It is time to symbolically demolish all of that success. And literally, on the field, they have a chance to do that. Yeah, it's one game. But, and look, don't come at me about um, defining must win. You know it's a must win. I know it's a must win. They lost 10 in a row to end the season last year. That's another reason that that it's a must win. Uh, It's a do or die season for Justin Fields, so that makes it a must win. You don't want him getting off on a bad foot, that's for sure. Um, You won't see Green Bay again until the end of the season. So that's another reason that it makes it a must win. And we know from last year that the Bears get, can get their wins early because nobody is particularly organized early in an NFL season just because of the nature of preseason nowadays where not only do you have one fewer game, but you also have so many teams that are resting their starters and then all of a sudden they're all pressed out there. So teams are not organized yet. So now is the time for the Bears to to grab an early win against a division team in the Packers and then just all of the other reasons symbolically that they need to win this game. So, yes, if this is not a game that uh, I will look at and say, oh, it's just the first one of 17. Uh-uh. Bears must win against the Packers on Sunday at Soldier Field. Sorry to hit you up with a must win in week one, but it is what it is. Um, I also want to get to the depth chart. The depth chart was released. I guess we can continue to call it unofficial, but another depth chart has come out. And the number one topic to me, the first thing that I looked at was the quarterback depth chart. We know Justin Fields is number one with a bullet, followed by your number two quarterback on this list is Nathan Peterman. Nate Peterman is number two. Tyson Bajan is number three. Again, it's subject to change. And I do believe this is the right thing to start with. Again, I am comfortable with Bajan getting into real games, but maybe it's better off that if it is in a in the middle of a game that it's Nathan Peterman to, to come in. You give Tyson Bajan a clean game, I think, is a better idea. Like if you get a week to prepare, you bring in a rookie who played at a Division II school, who squeaked onto the roster, that's fine. Because, you know, Nathan Peterman, you know, is not going to blow anybody's socks off. Occasionally he will make a nice play, but he is a smart, competent NFL backup quarterback. So we'll see how it how it goes down if the Bears get to that point where they are forced to use a backup, which is pretty common in the NFL. But Justin Fields can just now be the number one focus, and let's just hope that – he's great and that he's healthy and we don't have to worry about either Nathan Peterman or Tyson Bajan for a long time. And we'll get a chance today to ask Matt Eberflus about that depth chart and what's, and Hey, look, nobody thought that PJ Walker 
was going to get cut from this team. I mean, that was not part of anybody's plans. It was sort of assumed that he would be the backup. Obviously, did not happen, has not happened. So, in other words, anything could happen. Tyson Bajan could still be the first quarterback that gets in if Justin Fields is to go down. Next order of business is the offensive line. Here is what they have down. We'll go left to right. Braxton Jones down as the left tackle. He is the left tackle. We've known that all preseason. That's the one position we kind of knew because he hasn't been hurt or anything like that. Cody Whitehair is down as the left guard. And I'll give you some depth on the offensive line too, but first let me give you the quote-unquote starters for week one. So Cody Whitehair, left guard. The center is Lucas Patrick. Right guard, Nate Davis. Right tackle, Darnell Wright. And, yes, I think that is real. I think, um, look, I saw Lucas Patrick practicing snapping. I also saw Dan Feeney practicing snapping. Guess what? Dan Feeney is the backup. He is down as the backup center to Lucas Patrick. The backup right guard and the backup left guard is Jatari Carter. So he's your quote-unquote swing guard, if, if that's even a term. But I just used it, so now it is. Larry Borum is the, the backup right tackle at this point for the Chicago Bears. And as far as the backup left tackle is concerned, that probably is Borum as well. But i got to look at the, the text, the actual text from the Bears here. Yeah, Larry Borum is the backup. I'll hold that build up and that pause was worth the drama. Larry Borum is the backup left tackle. All right, moving on to other interesting spots that we've talked about so much this year. Yes, the punt returner is going to be Trent Taylor, whom they recently brought in. The backup punt returner, they do have Bayless Jones Jr. down. They just won't quite give up on him. Uh, the kick returner is Bayless Jones Jr., and that's fine. He was pretty good at that last year. The backup kick returner is Tyler Scott. We saw him doing everything, punts and kicks in that final preseason game. As far as the running back depth chart is concerned, as expected, Khalil Herbert, RB1, running back one, followed by Deontay Foreman as the running back two. Roshan Johnson is third on that depth chart right now. Travis Homer is, is fourth. Wide receiver starters are DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool. Bayless Jones Jr. and Tyler Scott are the, the two you know depth pieces that stand out. Equinemia St. Brown as well, obviously, will get his time in there. But we know that he is really particularly good at the blocking game. So that's, that's wide receiver. Linebackers, I guess the only thing interesting there is that you know there was a little bit of thought that maybe Noah Sewell would would crack the starting lineup, but it is Jack Sanborn. So it's TJ Edwards, Tremaine Edmonds, Jack Sanborn with Noah Sewell coming off the bench. And we'll see if, I don't know, if they'll give him some time. I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised at all. Uh, defensive line, your starting defensive ends are Demarcus Walker and Yannick Ngakwe. And the big guys up front, Justin Jones, Andrew Billings, the the rookies that we've talked so much about, Javon Dexter and Zach Pickens are down as uh, backups, second string at this point. But I would imagine that those guys will be part of uh, of a rotation. We'll definitely see time in the game. Um, just going through the the text here right now to see if there's anything else. Uh, you know, Dominique Robinson, backup defensive end, Rasheem Green is the primary backup to Yannick Ngakwe. So I should, I guess I should make that clear. Dominique Robinson backing up Demarcus Walker and Rasheem Green backing up Yannick Ngakwe. 
Uh, Dylan Cole, another linebacker. He is the backup to the middle linebacker. Tremaine Edmonds, we told you about uh, Noah Sewell um, being a backup linebacker. The, you know the setup in the in the secondary. No surprises there. You know, um, you know Jalen Johnson down as a starter, as well as Jaquan Brisker. Um, you know, you do have Tyreek Stevenson and Terrell Smith. All of these guys are going to get work in there as well. Um, so yeah, that's that's where. And actually, what they have down, I guess this is more interesting than I thought from the the cornerback spot. I mean, they are they do have. They just have Kyler Gordon and Jalen Johnson as starters, but we know that Tyreek Stevenson will be starting on the outside and Kyler Gordon will be on the inside. But I guess they just distinguish that or give him the respect as the, you know, down as the starter. Uh, Khalid Kareem, one of the defensive ends they just got as well. He is, he is down as the third stringer at this point um, at defensive end behind Yannick Ngakwe and Rasheem Green. So there's a snapshot for you of the of the unofficial depth chart. I mean, none of it sounds off the wall to me. It all sounds about right, about what we expected. And we'll get into the locker room on Wednesday. We'll talk to Fields and Eberflu. So it's, it's about to get really real here in just a second. So um, last thing um, on tomorrow's episode... I should be having an update for you on uh, Pearl Jam as well, because I'm going to the Pearl Jam show tonight, which is Tuesday. So I'm pumped up about that. Um, so I won't go into it too much. Hopefully I'll see some of you guys there. But Ray Diaz, I did want to bring you in because Pearl Jam has been since college for me. I guess it's really been the only band ever that has been must-see for me in my life. Typically, I'll go to. I'm not. This is going to be different because I'm not going to go to both shows this week. I just don't have the time to do so. Um, but I, you know, I've been to probably 20 plus Pearl Jam shows through the years, and it's the one band that I just I got to see. Mr. Diaz, our executive producer, do you have a band like that? A must see band? I do. Uh, it's it's a rap group called Atmosphere. Okay. Uh, they're from Minnesota. Uh, they they got together in, in like 1996. Uh, they they really started to get some national buzz in the early 2000s, and that's when a friend of mine in high school put me onto their music. And so that's my must see group. Anytime they come, I try. I'm, I'm really disappointed. They were here last month, and nothing aligned for me. I couldn't go. Uh, I I so unfortunately missed them. Their last stop in chicago but i love to go i've been multiple multiple atmosphere shows in chicago just love the music love the evolution of of uh you know the rappers named slug and you just <laughs> grown up with with him you know as he's rapped about uh like kind of issues with women and things like that when he was in his younger days to now he is a rapper talking about uh being a dad and stuff like that. It's just oh, wow. 
to to kind of grow with an yeah. artist. Yeah, no, yeah. same man. When I you know when Pearl Jam first came out, Eddie Vedder was was climbing up on scaffoldings <laughs> and jumping into crowds and you know angry as hell. And now you know they, they have they're 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 fifty. You know what I mean? <laughs> so more than fifty, as a matter of fact. So, but you're right. It's cool. It changes like through the years, like the yeah. way you take it in, the way you, the meaning of the meanings of the songs, all of that. So that's pretty cool, man. Um, all right. Well, I'll look forward to giving the review on Pearl Jam. I'd stay longer, but our boss, Mitch Rosen, has now called me twice <laughs> uh -oh. while we're recording this episode. So that means I got to go, bro. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I got to answer those calls from the boss. That's I, well, twice he called. So I. You know, I, one, I let go. Two, I'm a little panicked now. So hopefully we'll be doing another podcast tomorrow. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Should be. Should be. It's Ray, big, big, big week. Fair yeah, is. man. Absolutely. Big week. That's Ray Diaz. I'm Mark Grody. I'll talk to you later here on The Daily Score if I'm not fired. Bye. Bye.